Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am your host, Shelby Rose, and today, Dee Dee Mendez and I are having a conversation about self-partnership, DIY parenting, audacious freedom, and I love Dee Dee because, wait, number one, she's one of my clients, so obviously soulmate, human beings, soul sister, all the things, but also she's just so real. Like, she doesn't sugarcoat things. She, she, she just says things as they are. And I think that's something that is very admirable and can create a lot of fear for a lot of people. I know for myself, it's like when sometimes it's, it's uncomfortable to say the real things, right? And Dee Dee is a speaker, author, the host of the Audacious Freedom podcast, as well as a trailblazer in self-partnership and DIY parenting. So I won't say too much more about Dee Dee. You're going to get to know her in this podcast episode. Before we dive in, I have like a few really quick announcements about one, the Minnesota retreat. If you've wanted to get in on the extended payment plan, I'm going to extend that through tomorrow, the 12th. Uh, because I meant to put this podcast out earlier and I forgot. And then number two, if you have been feeling called to one of my retreats, but you're like, I don't, I don't live in Minnesota or in the Midwest and I don't really want to come to that one. Are you having another one somewhere else? I want to let you guys know that there is a Colorado retreat coming in May of 2022. And there are very limited spots for this retreat, so I'm not going to put it out quite yet. It will be out likely sometime next week. I want to give my one-on-one clients first dibs, and then it will be coming out to all of you. You can get in on this with an extended payment plan through November 20-something so that you can pay slowly up until the day that we are going to Breckenridge. If you guys didn't see it, that was where I hosted my first retreat ever, and it just carries so much magic and so much energy. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. So there will be two retreats that you can come to in 2022. As of right now, those are the only two events in 2022 that are in person and not paired with a program. The second announcement I have is that Warp Speed is coming to a close. If you have been feeling called to start your own business, be in a mastermind container with other like-minded women, get into my energy. This is an absolute incredible value. You're going to get eight weeks of Voxer access to me, six two-hour calls um, weekly for six weeks with a break for Thanksgiving for us Americans. Uh, you'll get one one-on-one call with me and a half-day virtual retreat. So it's going to be a really potent container. And my intention with this is that you are going to be able to start that business 
at warp speed, but with a solid foundation, right? With that foundation of strategy, energetics, vision, something that literally sets your soul on fire that you're excited to do every single day and get your message out into the world. So if you've been feeling called, go apply now. I don't know what you're waiting for. This is the container you're going to want to be in. Um, I'm so excited. The women who are already in this are just phenomenal, incredible human beings. And we have a few spots left. So definitely claim that. And I think that's all I have for you guys. Okay. If you do want to be one of the first to know about the retreat, what I'm going to say is that Thursday, I actually, it might be Thursday. I'm dropping it. Sorry. I get my days as I'm recording these. I get a little confused. I think Thursday I'm dropping it here on the podcast. And then next week, Monday, I'll probably announce it just on Instagram, like a quick little thing. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have for you guys. I love you. Let's dive in. Well, Didi, thank you so much for being here. I am first of all, so grateful that you are spending a little time with me and the Raise Your Vibration podcast community and also just excited to share you. So before we get started on today's conversation, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who is Didi and we'll go from there. All right. Uh, Shelby, thanks for having me on. Um, I remember first listening to your podcast and thinking, I got to know this girl. She's awesome. She's got the right energy. And um, I don't mind sharing with the listeners either that um, I've had the good fortune to work with you. And I love how things are unfolding for my personal life and my passion work around my podcast and my website. And which um, really just supports the question of who is Didi, which is I'm, I'm kind of like everybody you know and kind of unlike anybody you've ever known. Um, and you know, I think of myself as a, as a trailblazer in the self-partnership space and mm-hmm. in the um, do-it-yourself, have a baby, DIY space for having a baby. I've um, been on a long journey to discover where my true... Um, happiness lies and it really is in being without a partner and I am complete in a relationship with myself and um, my family is complete with my daughter and me. Um, I had her on my own 12 years ago. A few weeks ago she turned 12. Amazing. And it's one of the things I absolutely love about you is watching you just and, and getting to know you and how when you decide to do something or you are choosing to move forward with something, you do it with such confidence and such certainty certainty and such this is what I'm going to do. And and even though there's maybe fears that come up around what people are gonna think or whatever that may be, you don't you don't let any of that stop you, which I think is such a beautiful thing because you've totally broken out of the what we're supposed to do and how life is supposed to look. And you've, you, you have, you've blazed your own trail. You've followed your own path. And I think that's something really admirable about you as a human being. And so what I'm curious about when I wanted to dive into a little bit today is uh, how, how did you 
come to this place where you are comfortable saying like, I'm, I'm solo, I'm self-partnered and that feels really good. Or I had my baby girl <laughs> on my own. <laughs> and that the, the, the self-partnered, yeah, the, the self-partnered part came to me after making a lot of mistakes, you know, after going, oh, this sucks. What the fuck am I doing in this situation? <laughs> why am I doing this? Why are, you know, why are women my age and older and younger, you know, all ages, why are they always seeking a partner? And, you know, mm. most of my community are, are straight women. Um, or maybe it's straight women that really struggle and are on the dating sites and trying to make something work and fill a hole in their life, trying to find somebody to take care of them. And, you know, every once in a while I would go, you know, after my divorce, I'd be like, okay, maybe, okay, let me try this dating thing. And my divorce is in the late nineties. So that was weird. It was, I, I, I don't even know if match.com was around yet or anything, but I don't, I do remember at some point trying online dating and that was a pain in the ass and that was a crap shoot <laughs> of who you were going to really get in real life, right? Like yeah. they match their profile. We, I even did a really expensive dating service. It's just lunch. It was like, I don't know, thousand dollars or something. I thought that was a lot of money. For yeah. Like to find a part. <laughs> four, four, four guaranteed dates that I would get and like, it was a nightmare. You know, one guy couldn't stop talking about himself. And I mean, like literally like, I, I, I don't even think he saw me. Um, another guy like smelled like mothballs. I'm like, really, Oof. really? You put me forward with somebody that, so you can imagine if he smells like mothballs, what does he look like? Shelby, just imagine, right? Oh. Like unkept, right? I mean, just like, <laughs> and I ended up dating one of them for a while. He was really fun. He thought he could drink me under the table. And he was an ER doctor. He was from India, raised in this country. And his family's from India. And he's divorced and party animal. So much fun. And then I just, there was just something about him that wasn't right for me. And he was yeah. completely shocked. Like here he's a successful, fun ER doctor with a house, an apartment in New York City and a place in Long Island. And but I just wasn't feeling it. And then yeah. he was offended. And I'm like, you know, you're not God's gift. Anyway, so then, anyway, lots of mistakes, lots of trying to date and then realizing this isn't for me or I'm not finding, I don't see the reason to keep trying to do this. And so I officially declared myself, I don't know, a year or two ago, self-partnered and I'm done. So like, as in, not single, because single implies you're looking, looking to change your relationship status. Yep. Yeah. Right. You're available. It implies you're available. Oh, no, it doesn't imply. It means, single means you're available. Self-partnered says, back off, shut the fuck up. I'm not interested and nothing is wrong. I'm good. I am complete. I'm done. I'm done. And the, yeah. like, and, and the shift in the mindset of like, I don't actually need that in order to be fulfilled and joyful and happy. And like all the things that we've really been programmed as a society and especially as women that we need to find that 
person and we need that person and we need to settle down and we need to, you know, have the white picket fence and the four point or the 2.5 kids and all, all the other things that come with that program. And I love that you've just said, no, actually, I don't actually want that and just own that. Has there been any discomfort or any reactions from the outside world in making that decision and, and choosing that path? Um, not, it's funny because it comes out in sweet ways with, with friends who are like, oh, you know, I saw a guy the other day, you know, new guy in the building. He might be single, I would, but then I saw him with a, his wife or whatever. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm okay. I mean, they're, they're trying, right? And they'll go, yeah. well, maybe, maybe the next one. And I'm like, no, really, I'm good. But because it's what they know, like this is a yeah. this particular person I'm thinking of, lovely, lovely, devoted wife and mother. Um, she, this is what she knows. It's, it's like a life of service to her husband and to her son. And and, and like uh, of being a whole part of a part of something that's whole. Yeah. And, and the sweetest way she wants that for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know that I'll ever get it through her head that I'm good. Like I am complete. Yeah. So, but nobody's, nobody's been like, what's wrong with you. And my yeah. guy friends are like, yeah, you're, you're, you're like, you're like one of the coolest people I've ever known. Like, you know, on your own, that's when you've been your best. Yeah. And they sit back and watch it and, and P.S. they're struggling with their relationships, right? <laughs> they're with women and they're not, you know, they're, they're not happy with the women and the women aren't happy with them. And, you know, so it's like, but they, and they look at me and go, she's, she's figured it out. The guys, the guys aren't ever trying to set me up. It's, it's a couple of women here and there. Yeah. That's interesting. It's, it's that. And I think women are just so much more deeply programmed to that's what we're supposed to do is like find that couple coupling and find that coupling and find that coupling. And it's like, it's so ingrained in us that it's, it's, it's almost like it's not even an option or a possibility to think that that's not something someone would desire. And here's the thing. It's, it's not that wanting to be in a partnership is wrong. It's not that wanting to be single is wrong. It's what do you want and what do you desire for your life to look like? And I love that you've so just said and been honest with yourself of like, this isn't actually what I desire. This isn't actually what I want for me. I desire this, this lifestyle and I'm going to go ahead and live that without worrying about what other people are thinking. And I think that's part of why too, is like you haven't gotten that weird feedback or that funky feedback that sometimes can happen is because there's no discomfort in you in choosing this. And so it's not reflected back to you of like, oh, I should feel uncomfortable about this because it just, it's like, of course, Dee Dee wants to live her life that way. That just makes sense. She, she shines bright when she's that way. She, <laughs> she is most herself when she isn't coupled. And you've chosen yeah, that. And yeah, and when I think of like, and, and I do have a podcast episode on this somewhere, I can't remember if it's season one or season two, about um, just the thought of another body, 
like around me all the time. I mean, my different, my daughter is different, right? It's a different kind of body and plus she's 12 now. So she doesn't always want to even be in the same room as I am. But, <laughs> and I'll take it personally. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever, do your thing. And, and I'll be here when you're ready. And sure enough, she shows up again. So, but like, um, you know, the thought of like when, when I flipped from my last serious relationship with a man, like six years ago, I kicked him out and, and I, I said to myself, I'm like, I am not going on a single date. I don't miss any of the S's, the saliva, the semen, and the sweat that come with <laughs> I mean, I'll miss any of that. I'll miss, I will not miss, you know, especially like a man's sweat is different than a woman's sweat. And then as they get older, they lose the hair on their head. It slides down their back. Now they've got back hair they've got hair on their butts sometimes. And if that shit's sweaty, I'm telling you, Shelby, it's just no S's, no, no S's. And then and I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe, but how would I feel different about a woman? Like I've not ever been involved with a woman romantically. And, you know, I've all kinds of men friends and women friends, platonic. I'm like, could, could I see myself with a woman? You know, I'm like, no, I don't want another body around me all the time. Like, in my bed next to me or stepping into the shower with me or bumping into the kitchen with them or I just on the couch with me, like they'll probably do it wrong, you know, seeing me on the couch, like, I, I don't know. like unless somebody were literally like in my skin, my moving with my every move, I wouldn't want them next to me. It's just too much. It's, I'm just too type A and this is who I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm like, I'm laughing because, because I'm like, yeah, I dated men and then I dated women. <laughs> I'm just laughing at all the references. I'm like, yeah. And yeah. And yeah. Women are less sweaty. And <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Not that, not, not that I can't even, you know, I get a whiff sometimes in my armpits and I'm like, how'd that happen? How you is know? this but, happening? That, yeah, <laughs> it's different. It's not, like, it's not like I can't stink too, but I work hard not to. And anyway. Yeah. But then, well, that's making me think about, you know, having my daughter on my own. Yeah. And people will say, you know oh, that's got to be so hard being a single mom. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm thinking it's hard for you <laughs> to have a husband and the child or children because <laughs> that seems more trouble than help yep. to me. Uh-huh. Especially like five kids instead of if, four. Or <laughs> right. If, if, especially if you were to come in the package of many of the men either that I've dated or the one I was married to or the two I was engaged to and kicked out after that, or, you know, if you're, or, or even some of the men that are married to my friends now, if you're like any of those men, you're a pain in the ass more than what you're given back is the way I see it, the way I experienced it in my own relationships and what I see in other people. Um, the, the return, the ROI is not good. If you're investing in another person, especially a man, they come with their shit. I mean, everybody does. I have my shit. I'm, I can be arrogant. I, I'm, you know, so type A. I'm not, I cannot, I can be very inflexible. 
um, I'm a pain in the ass too, but I'm not for sale. I'm not for rent. I'm not offering anything to anyone else. I have to put up with me. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm not saying I'm better. You know what I mean? Then than, it's, than it's a man just a different or husband out there. Yep. And it's like, you're choosing that, like, okay, I have enough shit on my own and I'm not, I don't really want to bring another person into this. And I, I, I think when you've made that, de- I don't know, you can speak to this. I'm like, when you've made that decision consciously of like, I'm going into this, having a child and I'm choosing to raise her on my own. And that's the lifestyle I actually desire. And that's the lifestyle I see for myself. It if it's what you want, it, it has to be easy, not easy, not easy, but it has to be, you know what I'm saying? It's like that. It's, it's, it's you've made the choice. And so yeah, you're not looking for hard it's, things in it. No. And it's like, when you know you have to do it all, you just do it all. And then if you have to reprioritize, I don't even have to have a conversation. It all just happens right in here. I decide, Hey, today's, you know, it's a little tough. You know, the baby isn't feeling well. And so I'm ordering dinner in. I'm not fucking cooking a fresh dinner. Yeah. You know, you make those decisions on your own and there's, you don't have to feel bad about it. I mean, I knew a woman not long ago with three kids and a full-time job. Her husband was complaining because his colleague's wife made her, made him gourmet lunches every day. And he's complaining to her. And I'm like, how is that? I didn't say it to her because, you know, she, bless her heart, trusted me to vent to me, right? She was struggling, working through it. I'm like, how is this helpful? How is this? If I were her, I'd want really to take care of the three damn kids on my own, maybe hire a nanny whose job it is to, you know, help out with the kids or a housekeeper whose job it is to, you know, what, you know what I mean? Like, yep. why? I was listening to an audio. You- oh, Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just listening to an audiobook. I think it's um We Should All Be Millionaires, but she was talking about how if you're a mom, it's literally the equivalent of like two and a half full-time jobs or something crazy like that. It's like and then we're like and I'm I'm in an area right now. I'm in like small ass town, Minnesota, and I'm looking at the like the cultural norms here and it's like the women do work f- full or part-time and then they're expected to keep the house clean and also cook the meals and also like do all these things. And that's the expectation. That's just how things are. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, did the men not realize the, the, that being a mom is a full-time job if more than a full-time job beyond. And so I think like, let's, let's just put this out here too. We're not going to cause any limiting beliefs. There are so many men out there who are conscious and who realize these things and who understand these things. So those of you who are calling in those divine partnerships, not all men are like this and not all men have this expectation. So we're just going to, I'm going to clear that for anyone who is feeling that like, oh my gosh, but also we get to choose what we desire, right? It's like, it's, it's, and so if we do desire a man who is going to understand that like the load of things is shared and we're going to be conscious and parenting and you have those similar values, you get to call that in, but also you get to choose if you want to do it on your own as well. It's all available in this world. It is for me such a wonderful option Mm -hmm. to not have to deal with the mess of another adult. It it just is. It's just, it's cleaner, neater, freer, um, you know, there's no, 
not like there's no in-laws, there's no, do you know what I mean? Like there's yes. <laughs> so much that can ha- be connected to another adult, their job or lack thereof and how they feel when they come home, their, mm-hmm. you know, expressed energy, their just felt energy. Yep. It's and, and I'm very sensitive too. So I pick it all up Yeah, and just, it's just too much for me. It's too much. I feel that. Relationships are a challenging thing to navigate. And so it's, this is a beautiful option, a beautiful option to say, like, I don't actually desire to have that partnership and I can do these things. No, but look at all the fairy tales where we've been taught, right? About your life being like a destination, mm, right? To, yep. you know, especially girls. And it's in all the fucking Disney movies. Well, first of all, your parents have to die apparently in a Disney movie at the beginning. And then you it's the hero's journey. You have to overcome challenges. Raised <laughs> by some mean people. And then the only one who can save you is a man. And it's like, yeah. oh my God. And then the happily ever after. And we can't just blame Disney, right? It's everywhere. It's, yep. it's in you know, it's, the movies, TV. And then people perpetuate it with self, social media. And I can guarantee you, I know for a fact, some people are, are putting some lies out there. You mm-hmm. know, oh, I love this woman so much. I know he was just cheating on her with the children's best friend's mother, two different mothers, you know, like, like yeah. crap like that. It's yeah. not only is it fucking lies, it, it, you know, but it's also, even if so, whatever stories out there might be true, right? I think, I think, I find they're, they're rare, but they can be out there. And to your point, Shelby, that can be a goal and people can call that in if that's what they, what they really want. But I think we're not taught, like if I had known I mean, I, I had, I, I had a vision. I was playing bride and groom with my sister when we were like three and four years old or two and three. I mean, with like the garbage can on our heads. And <laughs> I mean, that's what we were taught to do. Yeah. And you know, starts in junior high school dating and mm-hmm. high school and then like there's this whole expectation that you're supposed to find someone. And then you settle down and then you get married and then you have kids. And that is the way that you have kids. You don't. And if you don't stay together, that's different, but you tried, you might be divorced with co-parenting yeah. with kids, but you don't. So here's a riddle for, that I love. I fucking love this. When I, now that I can belly up to a bar again, my favorite thing is like on a, you know, like a Saturday, like right at 11, 11.30 when they open up and hardly anybody's sitting at the bar and I go sit and I might have blue hair like I do today and um, or in a Star Wars t-shirt like I'm wearing today and, you know, I'll sit down, I'll have my phone and my head's always going and um, usually some man or two will pop up a couple buddies going to go play golf in a little while or they've come back from golf or whatever and they'll start chatting and it's all very you know friendly and kind and no one's hitting on anyone and and I'll go hey 
hey, guys, I have a riddle for you. And I'll go, what? And I'll say, I got a divorce 21 years ago. My daughter is 12. Who's my daughter's father? And they'll sit there and they'll go, wait, what? Wait, what? Who's the father? Who's the father? And inevitably, if there's two, one gets it right and the other one gets it wrong. And the one who gets it wrong is insistent. Your ex-husband. Your ex-husband. I'm like, dude, I just fucking told you. My kid's only 12. <laughs> my ex-husband. has been my ex-husband for 21 years. I-, I haven't seen him in 21 years. Well, you froze a sperm. Oh, my God, man. I divorced him. I didn't. I wasn't widowed by him. I didn't oh, want wow. to have a kid with my ex-husband. And the other friend, the friend, the smart friend, right? The woke friend. <laughs> it's sitting there going. <laughs> he said, he's like, it could be anyone. The father of your daughter could be anyone. You know? Yeah. But I have women. I have women look at me the same way. Like, oh, oh, you've been divorced between and your daughter's 12. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> because they don't think about somebody seeking out to have their baby by themselves. It's not even the a thought that right crosses people's minds. No, no. The, t- the time was right for me. Mm. I was 42 years old and I was like, oh crap. If I'm ever going to try to have a baby, this is the time. And it just, it just came to me. And I, as I say this earlier, Shelby, I feel like this audacity of mine, this trailblazing stuff of mine, isn't something I'm curating. I'm not making this happen. Yeah. It's like it's happening to me. It's like it's like I've almost. It's just I don't know. It's just what I do. It's not a decision. I'm not trying to be a trailblazer. I'm not trying to be provocative or trying to be unique. I'm just in my body going, well, partner, good. I'm good. Don't want to change my status. Have a baby on my own. I'm good. I'm good. And I didn't, if with having my baby on my own, for me, I did not want to go to a sperm bank and choose a donor, an, an unknown, an anonymous donor looking at his baby pictures and what he says his academic and athletic accomplishments are, I wanted to go to people I knew. And there were four people on my list. One is married with kids and I didn't want to put him through that task, have to ask his wife. And it's just weird. And I'm close with her. That would have been weird. And then the other three were single. They all said yes. And I chose the one and no doctors were involved. And I didn't, I didn't want to for a thousand reasons. I didn't want at 42 years old to have a doctor say, Oh, well, this is going to be very difficult. It's going to be shut the fuck up. I want to hear you. I told no one except the donor. This is what was happening. Didn't tell any close friends, no one. I didn't want any noise. And within five weeks of, I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't know when I was ovulating. I didn't know how functional my body was. 
I didn't know if I was ovulating. So, and within five weeks, my one and only pregnancy and a healthy baby and my daughter's now 12. And anyway, like, but that was just like, and think about it, but no one expects that. They always expect there to be an ex-husband mm-hmm. and they might go, oh, well, maybe an ex, some kind of boyfriend or live in, but something probably serious. It's just so funny. People don't ever assume single mom. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you're saying, oh, there's, there's a lot of energy flowing through me right now too. It's like the thing that I know this isn't fully related to what you're saying, but the thing that kept coming through as you're saying this is like the, tr- the people who are meant to expand other people's consciousness, the people who are meant to break the paradigms and the matrix. I don't think that we fully have a choice. Like it's the things that we just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And we follow those. It's almost like an instinct. I don't know if you feel the same way. It's like, I can't not do this, or this is just what I'm going to do. That instinct is a, is a good word. And I want to take it even a little further. And what is the word? It's, it's almost primal primitive. It's a, it's a, it's just a, what is the, it's like not intuition. It's, reflex it's almost just like involuntary it's just yeah it just happens yeah <laughs> it's like your higher self steps in and says this is what we're doing here we go yeah yeah and it's not even a conversation no right it's just a, a knowing mm-hmm. a knowing yeah yeah I think that's really powerful. And I think it's, you're here to, I think what you're here to do, and this is just my, my own intuition is I think you're here to help shake things up for people and help shake those paradigms up so that you're this person who's just doing it and you're not, you're not thinking about it because you never meant, were meant to, but you just show up and you do the thing and there's no, there's, it just is. And you just doing that and you simply being who you are and making the decisions that you've made has shifted people's perspective. And I know the people listening to this podcast will feel that like, huh, what are the things that I believe I have to do with my life? Or what are the things that I believe that have to be normal? You just showing up and being you shifts other people's perspectives. That alone. That's a really cool thing to see. It's an honor. That's an honor. I, um, yeah, I because I think I know from my mistakes, right? My mistakes of living a life that wasn't authentic for me, that wasn't my knowing what was best for me and maybe for a lot more people. I know I suffered a lot, Shelby. Yeah. I felt a lot of pain and like anguish and there were, there was so much crying and like uncontrollable, you know, at night and, you know, into the night and puffy eyes the next day from, you know, a fight with my ex-husband or, you know, in, in his having, you know, betrayed me in some way 
you know, and, and our marriage and what I expected of him. And I mean, I suffered and I probably made him suffer too yeah. because I could be, I wanted him to be somebody that other than who he was, which is, a, that's not, this isn't a story about him. Right. But yeah. he, he wasn't what I wanted, needed, thought a husband should be. And he reacted to that and I reacted to that and I don't know how much he suffered, but I know I suffered a lot. Yeah. And not just within the relationship, but with feeling like a failure in my marriage, like divorce is something that happens to other people, not to me, yeah. not to me. Divorce was a label I didn't want to be associated with. That was like, that was for people who weren't lovable or for people who, I don't know, we're just failures. It's so interesting, the, the beliefs that we pick up. So how did you, what, like, what was the tipping point where you're finding like, I can't continue to perpetuate my own suffering? Like where, where did that decision, was it that, was it that react, like that instinct that just, that, I can't remember the word you used for it, but was it that or was it just like knowing, knowing? Yes. Well, (laughs) um, it didn't, I didn't have that with my marriage until about three months after my ex-husband was the one who said he didn't want to be in the relationship anymore. He had made up his mind to end the relationship and it took me I kept wanting to change him not to get a divorce, right? He just needed to be somebody else and then we could stay <laughs> together. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is embarrassing. You know, I was 32 years old. What the fuck did I know? I mean, you think about it. Like, you know, I started living with him when I was 19, a year out of high school. Wow. What the hell? Then we got married when I was 24. And then, you know, we split when I was 32. I was still, I didn't know who I was. Yeah. And what, how people were really supposed to behave. Anyway, so it took me three months after he left to say, oh, wait, I didn't even like him anyway. (laughs) 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 To get a divorce. (laughs) But then when I got engaged and kicked that guy out a few years later and then six years ago, got engaged again and kicked that guy out. You know, I was, I, in both of those cases, I was sort of sucked into a, these guys wanted very much to get married and to have kids and mm-hmm. had these great stories about how wonderful I was. And, you know, I was distracted with my career and the, with the first one. And with the second one, my daughter was in kindergarten and, and I had started a new job. So you just kind of get on this tr- treadmill, this, in this relationship where you're just kind of along for the ride and mm. but then there would just be so many pain points where I just you just like red flag red flag red flag and suddenly you look at suddenly you look at the field of the relationship and it's all fucking red and you're like why am I even t- get the fuck out <laughs> that's literally what I did <laughs> with both of them it's like it just I just was like Tolerate, 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 tolerate. Bullshit, bullshit, pain, pain, pain. 
discomfort, discomfort. And then finally just like, you leave my house. <laughs> yeah. So now I don't even, six years later, I haven't been on one single date. Somebody did try to set me up with a woman about a year ago. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But I saw a picture of her and I'm like, no, I'm not feeling that. Like, this would just, I don't even, and anyway, so here I am not even getting, (laughs) even trying. Because how many times do you hit yourself over the head with a hammer (laughs) and pick up the hammer again? I'm not saying all hammers are bad, right? There might be hammers if you don't put. But hit your head with them if you use them as they're intended. <laughs> Hang up a picture. <laughs> oh my God, this is a new analogy for me. <laughs> I love it. Hammers can be useful. Hammers, another person in your life can be useful if used properly. I don't know how to use a hammer. I keep it in my own head. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up. I love it. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Like, you know, it takes me a long time to figure things out and not to. I don't think you're the them. only one who takes a long time to figure things out. It's like we all came here for the lessons, right? And so most of us repeat the same things over and over and over and over again. And, right. you know, you're like, I right to figured out that, oh, don't use the hammer to hit my own head. <laughs> um, I'm writing down hammer two uses. <laughs> That's going to be, I think in season three, one of my episodes, but yeah, it's like, but here's, but here's why I can tell you for me, why it's taken me so long because I'm so aware of my surroundings. I'm so aware of the neighbors over there or those over there or the classmates on Facebook and former colleagues, current colleagues, the conversation I'm having with anyone, what I see walking down the street or in a restaurant, it's always around you. Life could, is better with someone else who mm-hmm. fill in the blank is handsome or beautiful. Hold your hand, buys you flowers, picks up the check for dinner, tells you you look beautiful, makes more money than you or as much. It's good with the kids. It's handy around the house. You know, all these things, there's all this noise constantly, swirl, swirl, swirl. And the muscles that I'm building now in the exercise that I do, the mental exercises that I do, shall we, whether completely conscious or not, is I can buy my own damn flowers. I can catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror myself and say, damn, your hair looks cute. I like that outfit. Shit, you've got a cute ass. You know, I can hire a handyman, a contractor to get my shit done around the house. I can take out the trash myself. I can, you know, like, how is my life better? Because all those ways for me in which my life could be better with someone else, I've learned they always come with, number one, they're not as good as they look when you do it yourself or hire the right person. <laughs> and they're not done as streamlined and whatever. But they're, um, 
they come with that other side of, you know, it's like you're too young to remember. I'm 55 listeners, but um, so I've been around a long time. I remember record players and 45 LPs and they had a good side of the song, side A, good side of the record and a B side, which was the shit song. And for like the Beatles, I think we had this one that was like, I don't know, the song you'd like, like, I don't know. um, Oh, what's this? I can't think. I'm literally blanking too. Um, I'm like, uh, I listened to it. Because I can think of the (laughs) shitty side. I can think of the shitty side. But the good side is like, I don't know, come together. There wouldn't have been, I love that song that was later. Um, or um, oh, what's the shit? anyway? Happy, beautiful Beatles song. Everybody knows that's the one that made the charts. And the other side was Paperback Writer, and it was the worst song. But I remember the worst one. But anyway, there's like to me in relationships, there's a little bit of the A side, that's the really good stuff that makes you feel really good, and the the good parts of the relationship, and then the B side that. <laughs> so bad it's so awful that it's just not worth it I just throw away the whole record <laughs> throw away the whole record because it's not I don't want to the good is not it is is surpassed by the bad mm. for me and that's another podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> the record player <laughs> Oh my God. Amazing. Well, I love chatting with you and I love these conversations and everything that you share. Um, I know the listeners will probably want to check out your podcast and everything that you have going on. So why don't you share a little bit about what you're up to now? Oh, thanks. And thanks again for having me, for letting me rant and share the ugly raw stuff about my inner thoughts. And I only hope that I don't know, just the truth, just speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. I know it's helpful for me. Yeah. You know, and I hope that it's in some way freeing and helpful for others because for so long I faked it. I pretended things were better than they were. I mm. basically fucking lied to yeah. myself and other people in how I presented my life. And, you know, so I, I did launch season one of uh, my podcast, Audacious Freedom. And season two is locked and ready to go. And I um, will also launch my audaciousfreedom.com website um, probably by the end of this month, October of 2021. And we're planning a banner on the website that says uh, season two will be launching um, in November. I just need to pick that date. So that's what I'm up to. Plus being a mom and um, yeah, I've, I'm happy. I'm happy and present. That's, Amazing. I, I work hard every day to be those things and to be present, to be present for my kid and just in the day, not just um, remembering the past and looking forward to the future because this is where we're living right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you. Um, you are one of my clients. I, I did want to just ask so that the listeners, again, we talked about this before we di- dove into the episode. I have a hard time explaining what it is I do and what happens within my containers. So if you would be open to just sharing a little bit about your experience working with me and what has shifted for you 
within the past few months that we've been working together, I would so appreciate it. Oh my God. I I'm honored to, um, to be able to, to share with the listeners. And, um, if it's okay too, I'd like to say to share the testimonial that I verbally provided to you or recorded to you, Shelby, but there was even more to it that I cut out, but I want to say the whole thing. Yeah. That's okay. Absolutely. Okay. So in terms of our work together, you know, I, I shared at the, the top of this episode that I found Shelby listening to her podcast and I was looking to literally raise my energetic vibration. And I think that's what I searched in Spotify and I found Shelby and I started listening and I was like, Oh my God, this person is just, she's amazing. She's so positive. Her energy is light and bright. And um, what's the word I want to say like just refreshing and pure. And I just was drawn to Shelby and her, her website. And that's when we connected and I, um, I, what's the right word? Hired you. I don't know. Is that what we say? Uh, we, we agreed to, yeah. does that work? Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to it was say kind of a, a, a double package, right. Where I was part of a, a group. Um, yeah. Experience. So anytime someone works with me one-on-one, we do one-on-one mentorship. And then I usually put them into a program that I feel they'll be a good fit for so that they get you know, one-on-one mentorship, but also that group container. So that's my one-on-one package right. that with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Shelby holds a lot of space for me in our, on our um, private consultations and sits and listens and looks at me virtually. Right. And I, you know, could feel her whole presence and support and love. And I just start talking and I'm not, I mean, I know I've been talking a lot on this podcast, it, and it either don't have much to say or I, you can't shut me up. And that's where I would just go with Shelby and Shelby probably from our first session, maybe your second, you were like, you've got stories to tell. You've got stories. You need to tell your stories. And I'm like, yeah, ha ha ha. Okay. That's funny. And then you're like, no, really, you've got to tell your stories. I'm like, who's going to listen to my stories? You're like, maybe you've got a podcast. I'm like, I don't know how to do a podcast. She goes, just record. Shelby said, just record tell your stories. I'm like, what, really? You think people want to listen to me? And it took probably two or three sessions, right? Shelby, for me to like, really let that sink in. I think I mentioned it a few, you know, I just kind of drop things for people to let them plant seeds and see if they grow. <laughs> well, let me tell you what, you let me plant them, you help me fertilize them. And I went from, you know, dirt, dirt to a fucking garden in zero flat. It took me two months to record season one of my podcast, 15 episodes. Amazing. And this is, you know, with a full-time job, you know, corporate job, plus my daughter, plus a geriatric dog, plus we were searching for a new home. And I was able to do that. I just, it was like one, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. And I just took it on and did it and trusted. And I have 
like I said, season two recorded now, 15 more episodes. I just recorded the first episode of season three this morning. I have seven pages. I'm just adding more, probably an eighth page already now of topics for future podcasts. And all this, all this shall be because you tapped into this piece and only a way that a very gifted person could could guide me. No traditional, and I have hired every kind of executive coach you can imagine who's been through every kind of certification program you can imagine and every kind of exercise they give you to do, vision board, blah, blah, you know, all this, sh- I don't want to say shit because it's not, shit. it didn't get me nowhere, but it didn't get me out of the fucking park. Like this beautiful field of flowers that I have been able to build is outside of the ballpark. The ball went over the fence and it's, and everyone else has tried to coach me in that ballpark, in the traditional space of the Mm -hmm. corporate world of a traditional job, not of this. Okay. So here comes my testimony. I think that was a good lead up to the testimony. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Shelby Rose's title of Soul Alignment Guide is a damn understatement. I'm going to try. Calling Shelby Rose a Soul Alignment Guide is the tiniest tip of the iceberg. Calling Shelby Rose a Soul Alignment Guide is like calling Mother Teresa a volunteer. Mother Teresa was a missionary. And here's the part that I didn't share with you previously, Shelby. Mother Teresa founded a charity that manages homes for people who are or who were dying of HIV, AIDS, leprosy, and tuberculosis. They run soup kitchens, dispensaries, mobile clinics, children's and family counseling programs and orphanages and schools. Shelby Rose is my soul sister, energetic transformation mentor, spirit guide to connect me to my power, extreme life coach, badass life designer, Shelby Rose followed my energy and soul and guided me to transform my life by connecting me to my deepest truth and most beautiful power. That is all. (laughs) No words. No words. It has been such, yeah. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, Thank you. You know, and it's funny because you, we had talked about me providing a testimonial for you for a while, I think, right? Or it'd come up or you'd ask me and then I was also doing all this other work at Mercedes's home. Um, and I was starting to like design some of the stuff, the language for my website. And I was like, oh no, I can't, I can't do that until I, I, honor Shelby. I have to get all this out. I have to 
say all of this. I have to, and for whatever reason, I wrote out the testimonial, but then I didn't want to type it for you. I wanted to say it for you. And like, that was the, that was my work for the day. I was like, nope, my website can wait. Like this has to happen first. This piece honoring Shelby, thanking her, trying to, trying to put to words the, the, how you've gotten me to this place has to happen first. And then I went and celebrated you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I don't know, whenever, later, the next day or two later was when I um, worked on my stuff. Well, I appreciate you and you spending all this time with us here today and sharing your stories and sharing what you do and sharing your experience with me. It is so, 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 so appreciated. Any last words? It all that- goes together. It does. It does. It's it, like it's, this. It's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope we can do more of this together. Um, have you on my podcast or I'd be happy to come back. Um, any listeners want to find me? Uh, my podcast is Audacious Freedom. Um, or you can look it up by me, D- my name, Dee Dee Mendez. Um, yeah. Amazing. We will link uh, Dee Dee's podcast in the show notes as well as her website and her social media so that if you are feeling called to connect with her, you can do so through those links in the show notes. Otherwise, um, again, just searching it in all the pod- podcast platforms, you'll be able to find it. Okay. Well, thanks again for being here and everyone have. Thank you. Day.